five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice coming to you from the great, great internet beyond. Joined virtually, as always, by Sam at another Sam Chan and on the at Omni Strife. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. It's been getting quite hey, cold. Hey, you. Yeah. It got cold, like, really, Light. really fast. Like, it was, like, shorts one day and then you got to break out the winter jackets next. Hit the negatives, didn't it? Well, first uh, briefly, all, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like we have this like fountain on our our patio that I got this summer. Um, it's like solar powered, but there was ice. There was a layer of ice on it, so I guess that indicates it's cold. I'm still in shorts. Like I don't know what the two of you are talking about. Shorts one day, shorts gone the next. I don't like, know. I, about will... the, I don't know about the shorts, but I'm definitely not as fancy as to have a fountain. It's like a it's like a, a plastic planter and a oh, okay. solar powered fountain I got off of Amazon for like twenty bucks. Okay, you know it, it's probably acting as like a uh, Chinese intelligence research device and spying on me too, for all I know. Because <laughs> that's how you're like, getting all the calls, right? Yeah, maybe that's how you get the juice. That's juice. that's yeah. Not only am I getting the juice, I'm also getting the phone Even calls the telling me Service Canada has uh, got a. a magistrate warrant out for my arrest or something like that and the cra as well yeah that too man i just have have no luck um but as far as this episode is concerned it is going to be a big one why well we've got a special guest joining us a little bit later uh we have mario you might know him as super mario 98 uh he is going to join us to talk a little bit about being a fan of the toronto defiant in our brand new fan centric segment called the meta so you'll want to stay tuned for that we're going to talk about some news that has been confirmed out of Toronto. Uh, some of it is news you've probably already heard, but we'll obviously recap it. We'll explain what might be going on with Vancouver and then everything else that's happening within the Overwatch League as we speak. There are still so many more changes. Before we get to the payload, though, two quick things. First of all, Extra Life. The Extra Life game day is coming up. It's on November 7th. And you know I continue to talk about this phenomenal campaign where essentially gamers worldwide unite to raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. We here at Ready, Set, Bone are going to be taking part in Extra Life game day. I'm personally raising money for the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. And our hope is to hit our goal, our team goal of $1,500. It's an aggressive one, but I, I think you both being a force in nature can help us rise together and obviously achieve that goal. If you're interested in joining us on uh, game day, please uh, do so. The best way to find out more about Extra Life and Team RSP is to go to bit.ly slash RSP Extra Life 2020. Um, and if you just want to learn more about Extra Life itself, it's extra-life.org. The other thing I wanted to talk about is that we got ourselves a review. This is the first review I've had in a while. And as is practice, we read these reviews verbatim on an episode. Now, I know this is a long one, so I thought I'd bring the review to the introduction so I don't forget about it when it gets down to the, the outro. So, 
This review came in from Sir Dr. JM, titled Great Overwatch Content. Five stars. We got five stars, boys. Sir Dr. JM goes on to say, a great Canadian podcast focused on a great game. I love tuning in weekly to catch up on everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. One day, I look forward to hearing them add the Calgary, insert name of future Calgary Overwatch League team here, Murray Edwards, hook me up, to their repertoire. So for those that don't know, Murray Edwards is, I think he owns like the Calgary Flames and like the junior hockey club. I think it's like the Red River Rebels. Uh, he, or if he doesn't own, he's like part of the ownership group. That's the name there. And I think the correlation is that, you know, the Aquilini family owns the Canucks and owns the Titans. Think there'll ever be a Calgary Overwatch League team? Love you, but sorry. <laughs> what would be the name? Well, it would, everything in Calgary tends to be either related to oil or fire. Like that. Fire. So I, I kind of think they would have that. It'd be something, uh, it could be the Orcas, because I think. I this think is, Vancouver actually also owns the rights from from anywhere from Edmonton to Hawaii to Seattle and Portland and Portland maybe a little bit of northern California too uh, but no thank you uh, sir dr jam for that uh, review as is our practice if you leave us a review and we can find it we will read it verbatim on an upcoming episode one of the easiest ways to review our podcast or even an individual episode is to go to podchaser.com slash ready, set, phone. You can drop a review there. I guarantee you will find it. And one of the cool things about leaving a review on Podchaser is we in turn can actually share your thoughts on social. Uh, and I will do so. Good review or bad review, I promise to share it on social as well as read it here on the podcast. But let's take no further amount of your time and uh, start pushing that payload. Moving the payload. Join me. You know, I love that the Toronto Defiant organizationally are embracing podcast lore and releasing big news on Wednesdays. That's right. If you happen to be online last week on Wednesday, the Toronto Defiant confirmed the departures of Nevix, Zik, Cruz, Agilities, Numlock, Surefor, Beast, Mangachu, Roki, and Kareev. Now, we kind of already knew this because of how the contracts were breaking down, whether options were not uh, exercised and existing contracts were expiring. And that doesn't mean that this group of players is not returning, but considering the language used by the team in wishing these players well, I kind of feel it was a very big peace be with you movement. Yeah. Am I wrong to think that? No, I'm, I'm with you on that. It definitely felt like a goodbye. And uh, then when they did confirm one player returning, it was like, yeah, that's the, the final nail. Mm -hmm. And that one player returning is Logics. Uh, he was announced as, as being re-signed. So, you know, one might say, well, well, no, maybe Logics is the only one who is willing to put pen to paper yet. The other players are looking to explore their options. I don't disagree, but then I would think the Toronto Defiant would follow a very similar formula to what we're seeing from the Vancouver Titans as it relates to the question mark that is Shockwave. We're not saying goodbye. We're not saying you're back because right now we'd like you back. We just don't know if you will be. Um, I can't help but feel a little bit sad for this uh, second season squad or I should say third season squad 
for the defined second for them. Um, it was a good idea, but I I do consider it being an improvement over the anemic uh, inaugural season roster for that team. But you don't want your peak to be like close to the bottom of the standings, right? What do you guys think about the squad being released? Um, I know from the fan base they'd grown quite attached to to especially a couple members. I think the Kidding Boys, yeah, obviously oh, also also Roki. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't a winning squad. So I don't know. I I find on one end, you can say it's logical to remain logic. You see what it did there. Another end, like, would it have made a difference? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I would not expect the Toronto Defiant to run back the same roster. Uh, You know, it's really no different than any team that didn't perform to expectations. To make as many changes as they have made, I am kind of surprised. But then there could be more to it. So, for instance, I'll use the combination of uh, Agilities and Kareev. You know, we talked about the, the acquisition last season as if it was a package deal where the Defiant wanted one and took the other. To, to make that happen. Is it possible that they are a package deal if one no longer wants to be on the team or in turn has the team determined we'd like one and not the other, but again, sort of this package deal exists and I'm talking about the two players. I think from a content perspective, uh, I felt that the two worked well within the defiant system. They were good within the community. They were good within social, um, Kareev was a standout player. Agility is obviously fit within a particular role when he fit within that role, though, as we saw as the season progressed, that role kind of disappeared. Um, but I, I I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're hitting the reset button across the board. I mean, they also brought in a new head coach that got announced uh, yep. this past week in KDG, who is coming from a very successful team south of the border called the Philadelphia Fusion. You you might have heard of them. So I'm of the thought that new head coach, new systems, probably some new structure, and maybe in those preliminary conversations it was determined that a player like Logics fit within that system with an eye to the other players that might be available. We're going to hear from, from Mario a little bit later where he, he talks about sort of his perfect roster and he does point out a few players from the fusion that he feels would fit within the, the Toronto Defiance. So there could be some of that at play. Yeah, I, I looked into KDG a little bit. I didn't know that he was coming, obviously, from the uh, fusion. But then if you go back a little bit, um, he did uh, used to be on the staff of the Seoul Dynasty. So there I thought, hmm, he's probably from uh, Korean contenders. But no, he actually started his... Uh, career in European contenders, just an interesting oh. tidbit on a fully European roster. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. I would have actually presumed it would have been Korean yeah, contenders, quite frankly. Um, you know, and, and the other thing as well to consider this season is n- unlike no other. The number of players that are available in a market in which I think we as a podcast have defined as teams running with smaller rosters. So you'll see more like the Washington Justice and the Vancouver Titans, where they have seven, the bare minimum, or like the Titans were for a week or two, six. Um, But you're not going to have the large roster that the Toronto Defiant had. Well, it's nice to have the bench. The bench costs money. And in a virtual environment... That type of flexibility isn't as necessary. And if you think that there is, you know, doubt to our belief, 
take a look at what the San Francisco Shock are doing. And we're going to talk a little bit about another, you know, cut that they made that one might have suggested would not have occurred. So I think what the Defiant are doing makes sense in the context of the offseason that we're we're looking forward to. And now, oh, go ahead. Sorry, uh, just one more thing before we let go of this squad. I do feel the need to mention that I think personally that COVID had more of an adverse effect on this squad than on others. And I, well, obviously everybody was affected, but I feel like when I looked at these names again, um, these players have had their brightest moments in front of live crowds. And as a team, I think uh, they would be more energized by the huge following they would have had on stage. Just feel like they didn't get like a proper uh, run really this season. And Mm -hmm. I wish them well and uh, soft landing in another squad, hopefully. Yeah, I think, you know, the the potential of the stage presence is one that would have been nice to have seen had it had it been actually possible. But oh. again, pandemic uh, threw a wrench into that. Uh, we already shared that Logic had, had re-signed with the team. KDG is coming on board. And uh, as is probably practice, we're going to learn more tomorrow. We're recording Tuesday night, so Wednesday as is podcast lore when all the big news comes out. We seriously need to have a conversation with Adam. I mean... Sam, you did that. You said, dude, give us the leaks. Like we just finished recording and Adam said he would do his best. So I'm trying, man. I'm trying grinding 24 seven here for you guys. Uh, As for the team out West here, the Vancouver Titans, will they continue to exist? (laughs) Do we have like a, a, I don't know, tumbleweeds uh, animation? (laughs) Like, uh, I mean, they have more players than the most of the league. That's true. So, They have three, I mean, you're right. They have more players <laughs> actually than the Toronto Defiant right now. It, I, I Again, it's weird. Like, I, I guess the, you know, if you think about what the Titans did, they decided to keep three players who um, they exercised options on. They decided not to keep three who they had an option on. And then they had one who was not on an option that they had yeah. no power to keep. So, yeah, I... I Again, I'm not thinking that the Vancouver Titans need to be in a rush. It's just an interesting space that they live in. Um, I actually went and looked at their, you know, their social media to see what they're talking about. Um, Like there's not a whole lot happening in the world of the Vancouver Titans. Let's be honest. I mean, about the most activity you'll get is the conversations that take place in Titan Discord, where a number of people who I don't think actually support the Vancouver Titans come to argue about the Overwatch League. <laughs> I, I I don't know quite what goes on in Titans Court. It's it's a Jeez. it's a unique animal. But we're gonna take ourselves a short break, a very quick break before we dive into the meta, our new fan focus segment. We've got Super Mario 98 Mario joining us momentarily. If you as a Vancouver Titans fan or Toronto Defiant fan want to be showcased and tell us about your support of the team and why you cheer them on, reach out to us. This fan focus segment is something that's going to be in upcoming episodes over the course of the off season. And I know there are many of you listeners out there that should have their story told. So please reach out to us. We'll be right back. Mario's going to hop in with me 
and we'll dive right on in. Hey everyone, Extra Life is looking for gamers. Extra Life from Children's Miracle Network Hospitals raises money through gaming of all kinds. Every dollar raised stays local to help our children's hospital when they need it the most. Play games any day and fund vital life-saving equipment, charitable care, research, and more. For all the details on Extra Life, go to extra-life.org. Connect with thousands of other gamers. Play games, heal kids, extra-life.org. It is a reminder of my duty. So here we are with our first ever segment that's focused on fans. It's brand new, the meta. And I have the pleasure to be joined by Mario, who you might know as Super Mario 98. If you happen to be a Defiant Court, you have to be online, you have to be a member of the Toronto Alpha Flight. If you happen to go to any Toronto Defiant events. In fact, I argue that you could probably watch almost any Titan or Titan, sorry, Defiant video. That's the problem with two teams. Any Defiant video, you'll see Mario's face there because he's a super fan and uh, <laughs> he's joining us as uh, as our test subject in this first ever meta segment. Thank you, Mario, for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be here as your guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were chatting before I hit the record button that this is sort of a new segment that we're rolling out over the course of the offseason. Really to look to connect with different fans and supporters of the two franchises. We've been talking a little about it on, on previous episodes, but this is the first segment that we're we're going to introduce. And and the hope is, is that, uh, one, it, it provides an opportunity uh, for you know fans such as yourself to, to be elevated within the scene, but also I'll be quite frank as a as a podcaster it allows me to better understand um you know the reasons why you know we whether you or me or or anyone else for that matter chooses to support the team that they do and i figured you know what uh why don't we uh what you get you on and you know you've always been good to us when we have been around so you know mm-hmm. i figured it would be nice to have a, a friendlier face not everyone is friendly especially if sam's around the the you know well-known toronto defiant hater that he is Oh, or at least oh. the persona that he tries to to play out. Hmm. But uh, you know, welcome aboard. Uh, I wanted to sort of kick things off and and uh, get to to know how you came to support the Toronto Defiant. Like, was this sort of a guarantee that the moment the franchise was announced, I'm a fan, or you know, did that was it something that evolved? Oh, it evolved. First of all, uh, when Toronto Defiant was been announced, I was like, oh, cool, uh, we have a Toronto team. It actually made me happy because Overwatch has been my game since 2016. I'm not a. I played a little bit of closed beta, but I went all out on when it came out on Wednesday release again. <laughs> oh gosh, it's been May. Yeah. May 24th. May yeah. 24th. Yeah. So during the release, I was playing Overwatch, blah blah blah, and the competitive scene came in. Not gonna lie, I've never knew what inaugurals is. So I've never been on that season where LA Gladiators, Valiant, uh, Shock, New York. I wasn't there because I was so focused on school, work. I was young back then, okay? So, and later on, when Toronto Defiant announced, again, I said, okay, cool. They came out. Then the news bursted out when the reverse sweep happened against... Mm-hmm. Uh, against isn't it Houston I'm trying to remember from the back of my head but yeah there was a reverse sweep that made Toronto Defiant debut a huge debut as a new team that caught my attention and that's how I looked up the players when again I looked up Roki which is a fan favorite 
I was a Rookie fan since I see his face, I see him play. I always cheer for him, especially some games in the 2020 season. They, when Rookie comes in, especially during that one match where Cruz uh, got his power knocked out against one of the matches yeah, earlier. This, this, this past season, season where, where he subbed in mid-match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and when Roki came in, everyone freaked out. I freaked out. Uh, Root Bear freaked out. Everyone in the Defiant Discord freaked out because Roki is finally playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's it's this season hasn't been for Roki's plays because I haven't seen him play. He only played like two or three times. Mm-hmm. And okay, back on topic again. I lost interest in Defiant on season one when, sadly, sorry for the people who are Defiant fans of season one. Uh, when they had their <clears throat> huge loss streak, is it? And their records are going down and downhill. I lost interest. And okay, so that's where I stopped uh, focusing on Defiant and I started working on school and work again. Mm-hmm. And okay, this is the part where the evolution c- kicked in on Defiant, on my love for them, is that when I was at Fan Expo last year, 2019, uh, I saw a bunch of people who were wearing Defiant jerseys. Okay, I one of them I complimented. I think that was Kraken, I believe. Shout out to Kraken. He's part of our Defiant Discord. He goes in one, uh, comes in, comes out in the Defiant Discord. He's a busy, busy person. I seen him a couple of times. He was there at EGLX as well. I'm going to get to that later. But yeah, during at, at the end of Fan Expo, I was, me and my friend were heading to the TTC. And I noticed one woman wearing a Defiant jersey. I was like, oh, Toronto Defiant? And she's like, yeah, you into them? Yeah. That, my friend, is Chloe herself. <laughs> That's her. Shout out to her. Because she's the one who introduced me with the, the Discord, Alpha Flight, and everything else until this day. That's how I ended up with you guys, because of her. Like, so, so really, what you're telling yeah. me is I should have had Chloe as the guinea pig. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> maybe, uh, but she's busy right now. So, yeah. but yeah, you can ask her for to be a second guinea pig. But no, I don't the know on- how many defines do you have? <laughs> yeah, the the honor does go to to you, and 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 it's definitely going to be a badge of honor that you're going to be able to uh, to wear. Um, it's it's yeah. interesting to hear about that journey because um, mm-hmm. I mean we think back to sort of last year, and I'm not talking about last year. I'm not talking the immediate season, season previous. Vancouver mm-hmm. and Toronto came in uh, to the picture as sort of your Canadian bookends. And at the start of the season, both teams started to sort of exert authority. I think the Vancouver Titans were expected to be a, a banger of a team simply because of the acquisition of the former runaway squad and how mm-hmm. well they had played within the meta. And then Toronto had a collection of really good players and things served well in that first stage. But then I, I'm trying to think what match it was where I think Toronto started to to almost trail off. I, I because when Vancouver and Toronto finally met up, it wasn't it wasn't as close as people might have expected in those earlier matches. Vancouver obviously went on a significant run throughout the season before Meta Shift Stage Four started to see them falter and then eventually falling to the San Francisco Shock. Toronto, however, mm-hmm. had a rough run. It was as if the Goats was no longer the team's friend, or maybe the teams that they were you know playing had sort of figured it out better, but obviously a rough year. Then we come into this season and I, I, 
you know, Toronto did better than what Vancouver had actually done. But in fairness to Vancouver, um, I would not recommend teams hitting the reset button hard, getting rid of an entire roster um, mm. and starting fresh. In the middle of the season. You know, whereas the Defiant, you know, we had Adam, uh, Adam to join us and he was talking about how the roster was built to be really a stage team, stage presence, a uh, team that builds off the atmosphere and the energy of, of the fans and pandemic, obviously, hmm. uh, put that on on shelf. But it, I do find it interesting that that evolution took place through the off season between yeah. state, you know, season one or season two and now and season three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you had said you had, you'd played Overwatch, Overwatch was your game, but really the Overwatch League was just more a passing um, thought until... You met, was it uh, Kraken and, and Chloe that ultimately... Yeah, Chloe mostly introduced me to the community. Kraken mm-hmm. is just like, I never knew he was part of the community back then. But yeah, she, again, shout out to her. She's the one that I really had to be thankful with because she introduced me to these amazing group of individuals. All Valve, of Flight, uh, Defined Community. Mm-hmm. And yeah, also, she's also the mod, recently became a mod on Defiant Discord. You can see her face once in a while, but you can see her in the mods active section yeah. on Discord. But yeah, she's a really wonderful person to meet. I really appreciate her for introducing to the community. Without without her, without me seeing her, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here with you guys right now. Because, awesome. and especially my passion with Defiant kicked in because it's our home team. I live in Toronto itself. It like mm-hmm. the in my family, this is my Toronto Raptors. Well, my <laughs> when my other parents are like, "Oh, we watch basketball." Yeah, yeah, yeah I, get I don't. That. <laughs> yeah, basket basketball unfortunately is dead to me. But then, having previously supported the Vancouver Grizzlies, uh, mm-hmm. the memory is still bitter. I hold grudges uh, for a long, long time. Talking a little bit about the Toronto Defiant community, though, because that you know, being in Vancouver, there isn't a vancouver titans community um to really the same extent as there is a toronto defiant community like in toronto you've got a very active discord like it's to the Mm -hmm. point where i can't keep up in the conversation i go away for 20 minutes and there's 613 new messages in general it's like well i'm not able to i I mean i could i guess i could go back and read all 613 but it's (laughs) by the time i do there's another 480 um (laughs) vancouver titans discord there are very few days where I can, can't go back and just read the 40 messages that came in. Um, you have the Toronto Alpha Flight. And while there was a, a semblance of a, a supporters group out here in Vancouver called the Rain City Runners, um, they had struggles of their own and, and unfortunately had to, uh, to go into stasis. I'm not actually sure as to the, the status of that group. But what is it? that made the community so vibrant in, in Toronto? Because again, you've got a very strong discord community, strong community and social, uh, strong supporters group in the alpha flight. And, you know, that's despite, as we sort of talked about the Defiant haven't been the most successful team and usually success is what breeds support. So what was the secret sauce there? Do you think? Secret sauce. Okay. Secret sauce is, please don't kick me out of the Discord. Uh, <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, to me, the secret is real-life connections. Because mm-hmm. that's how I built up most of us in the Discord, believe it or not, have met in real life. Like, Alpha Flight and Defiant themselves, they always do watch parties before COVID 
especially Alpha Flight themselves, they every time there's a match day for Defiant, boom, there's a watch party. Mm-hmm. And from there, I went, uh, I went almost every single event uh, before COVID. It was an amazing experience because you get to meet all these people who are in the Discord, and they're the most uh, they're the most wholesome people that I ever met. They're like my second family, actually. And ever, ever since we made those connections, we immediately know our vibes, and we skyrocketed our vibes by memeing on the general chat, which is not mm-hmm. not to do. Uh, sorry about that, mods, when we meme in the general chat, because we're having so much fun. It's just that sometimes we go overboard, but that's how we know we have so much fun in the community. And that's how it is with each one of us. We uh, we have been seeing each other uh, a lot before COVID, and I can't yeah. wait after COVID ends. I really want to see these guys again, especially some of these people, including Frog, uh, Star, Vith, uh, Root Bear. Again, shoutouts to them. They made the community more vibrant because they handled the tournaments this year. Mm-hmm. For I think you've heard of it, the the goats tournament, the throwback tournament. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, that's what everyone uh, was looking forward to during uh, off season. Because especially Overwatch League is done for this year. Yeah, that's what, what they're doing. And so far, they haven't planned yet. But I'm looking forward for more planning before the next season comes in. Like another tournament uh, for for the fans, like Pugs, uh, Arcade, anything. Because mm-hmm. we're building a lot of connections. And that's why the community is always so vibrant. Because we're always having fun. And we have the same exact passion. All of us. We love Overwatch. We love Defiant. Not just Defiant. All of us love other teams as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we connect through those passions as well. That's how we got vibrant as heck. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something we've talked about on on the Ready Set Home podcast here is how vibrant this community is. And, you know, we have, you know, for those that have followed us a long time, used the Toronto Defiant and their community as an example of what potential could exist out west here in Vancouver. Um, you know, we've been around the Vancouver Titans since their inception. And one of the struggles has been like, you can tell the organization wants there to be a community. And I think there's some jealousy when they look East and they see like the defiant um, having as much success as they have Uh, yet. For some reason they have yet to figure out that, you know, secret sauce. I'd argue that the secret sauce is the people, just as you had pointed out, like you went and gave me a list of people who, you know, for really no other purpose than the benefit of the community go forth and make things happen. And, and hmm. that it's not to suggest that it doesn't exist out here in, in the West. I mean, uh, the live events, like this is how I met many people. Um, so some names that are familiar to Titans fans, uh, Katrina, Scronide, uh, you know, Polar Bear, uh, Forshee. These are people who, who super sore. I mean, these are people who I met at Titans events. And we have in turn stuck together. Uh, Axel, who he actually, I believe oh, yeah, Axel. is, is, uh, you know, friends of many out in, uh, out your way. He and I mm. met up for fish and chips this past summer. That would okay. not have occurred had, you know, the Vancouver Titans not, not existed. And he mm. and I have already been talking about how in, in post COVID days, we're going to try to, you know, get to a, a homestand, outside of Vancouver, potentially go to a grand final. He's been to 
them, but I have not. And I, I think when we think about this in, in the frame of the community, to the point you you raised, Mario, is it is the people that, that make it happen. Um, mm. But I, I'm jealous. I'm here out West and I kind of wish I could be part of it. Like I, you know, <laughs> see all these great things happening in Toronto. Yes. Pandemic slows things down. And mm-hmm. here's, you know, Chris out in Vancouver, just hanging out. It's like the, uh, I don't know if you've seen the meme from Silicon Valley where Jared's like looking through the window, quite sad. That's me. It's just the Rocky oh. Mountain part <laughs> of the window. Um, Talking a little bit about uh, the Overwatch League in general, I mean, you've been a Toronto Defiant uh, supporter. Uh, have you followed any other teams, or has it just sort of been Toronto, as you said, they became your Raptors? Well, yeah, Toronto is my main team, but I've been looking over other teams, especially the end of the season, especially Shanghai, Seoul, the Asia teams, uh, New York Excelsior, and... Yeah, those and Vancouver Titans especially because especially like what you pointed out and everyone saw this mid-season they changed. That mm-hmm. what caught my interest because I was like, oh, they're changing mid-season. I'm like, what? I was like, then that caught my attention because I really want to see Vancouver Titans' performance from the new people that you just mm-hmm. got this season. Not gonna lie, they improved a lot, especially at the beginning. It was kind of rough because they're new, and especially mm-hmm. when we were watching the Vancouver game, we were like, "Who are these people? <laughs> like, yeah. this is not Haxel. This is not Runaway. This is something else." But I have to give it to you guys, including the Vancouver Titans. Uh, you guys improved a lot. I saw it in your eyes. I saw your games. You actually didn't. You guys almost beat beat us in Battle of Canada. Like, yeah, so you the first. Did. The first Battle of Canada, the Titans, uh, I think, surprised many, including the Defiant, because that was in the mm-hmm. essentially the May Man play-in uh, by taking uh, it to Map 5. And, you know, as we sort of talked about in the podcast, some questionable hero picks um, ultimately cost the Titans more uh, against the Defiant. Plus, you had uh, the secret weapon uh, that goes by the name Kareev, who decided that he did <laughs> He did not want to be that team that lost uh, to the Titans. Uh, yeah. There were, I mean, yeah, he 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 was uh, unbelievable. But you know, that was sort of where the in Vancouver the brightness started to show. And one of the things I think, you know, looking from afar as I watched the Defiant, is there were similar struggles um, for one reason or another. But then when things came together, like the Defiant looked like a solid team, and we we maybe meta dependent look at the summer showdown the Defiant were popping off and it, it, <clears throat> for one reason or another, just couldn't figure out how to bottle that, that lightning in a manner to make it replicable as the sort of, you know, season progressed. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. I think where you look at where Vancouver was starting from, Vancouver was starting from a point of complete reset. Who are these people? I think it was McGrady who tweeted out that could this team even beat an open division team. And then mm-hmm. subsequently the end of the season is like, no, this, these guys impressed us. Whereas mm-hmm. Toronto, I think it was, you had a, you didn't know where the bar should be set. There yeah, was so much inconsistency. Know. We have no idea. <clears throat> you know, speaking of, of resets and bars though, mm-hmm. the, uh, the big surprise for me was seeing the reset button hit with the Defiant. I mean, for those who may not realize this for one reason or another, as far as I can recall, the Defiant kept only one player from that roster in, in Logics, and that's not yep. to suggest others won't come back. I mean, just because a team doesn't renew an option doesn't mean there isn't the ability to renegotiate and bring it back, or a player who is not yet a free agent could be re-signed. 
would you be, you know, apt to say that this was unexpected to, to see such a huge reset occur? Yeah, this is very unexpected. Okay, so let me explain. Most of us fans, some of these members are a no-brainer. They're going to leave Defiant, but half of them, most of them, including Roki, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that broke our hearts. All of these players are gone. Okay, Surefour, I have to mention him. Surefour, his time was up. I have to be really honest. Sorry, Surefour fans, but I think you saw this coming too. Like, he's not up to par compared to his inaugural season and before inaugurals. Like, you see the meta changes every single year. Uh, You have to understand, they have to adapt, overcome, and be with the meta of Mm -hmm. Overwatch League, including now. Oh, wow, there's another announcement. Oh, really? See, this is... So, some background here. Uh, Mario and I are recording on the weekend. It's Saturday right now. We mm-hmm. Our episode's going to go live on Wednesday. So, um, there have been some announcements today, and you said there's a, another one? Nope, nope. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought it was a player announcement, but we do know we have a community movie night coming on the 31st. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I actually thought we have another announcement. But yeah, back to the announcements and the players. Uh, Surefour, we saw that coming because, again, he's not up to par like before anymore. Uh, He's been not as good as himself back then. Mm -hmm. Now his time is up. But he didn't retire. He just, yeah, he got let go. He's still basically in the league. And for Nevix, okay, I kind of saw it coming. Beast? Okay, no way. I actually never expected Beast to go. Like mm-hmm. me and my one friend, uh, Noir, shout out to him. We've been, I actually uh, low-key called that Beast is going to go. And he's like, no way. It's like an Ivy. Like, you know, Ivy, he used to be season one defiant. Look at mm-hmm. him now. He's at Philadelphia Fusion. One of the top DPSs. And Wow. We were really scared to see Beast go because we're kind of scared. What if he actually becomes better with mm-hmm. a different team? It's like Ivy all over again. And they possibly maybe he may be one of the top tanks in that upcoming feature that we're going to see in 2021. Kareev and Agilities. Oh, my goodness. Of course, they both left because they're basically a package deal. Mm-hmm. Because it's like where agility go, agilities goes, Kareeb follows. Or you can say that another way around. Sure. Uh, yeah, a lot of our, I'm pretty sure a lot of fans of Kareeb Agility, Surefour, just left the Defined community and they started switching sides, which is also always a thing because everyone loves them because they're mm-hmm. really good with the community. They have the memes, they have that good looking plays, uh, chemistry in game. Okay, for Roki, that is the big hit that we took because he's our community favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, he is one of our best defiant members to be with the community. And if you guys don't know about this, who's listening to the podcast right now, we have a Roki fan club that's been established by Sai and Frog. <laughs> shout out to those again. Again to Frog, but this is the shout out for Sai. They're the ones who actually made the Roki masks. I mean, the Roki key face masks with yeah. the things. Roki even brought it on the season one stage because of these two. Without that, man, the Roki fan base wouldn't exist. But because of Roki's vibes on the team, he has this really community 
eccentric vibe that we connected with him immediately. He even looks adorable, guys. Come on now. <laughs> like, he's an adorable team member. And the way he talks, I've been in his streams too. I subscribed to him. I sent him bits on his birthday. He's such a good guy. Like, come on. You can't resist. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And Logics? Okay. We were scared also. We thought he was going to leave. But Logics, you see his performance? Amazing as DPS. He mm-hmm. popped off as Widow, McCree. Those are his top two players, uh, heroes. Wow. He actually amazes us. So good thing, good thing for OAM and the Defiant to keep him. Because this guy has a lot of potential. He has been performing amazing compared to Surefor. To me, Logics is better than Surefor at this meta. Because he's been performing a lot and he's been popping off, clicking heads. Also, I forgot to mention the Symmetra moves that he does mm-hmm. <laughs> like during against some high-end teams like the Shock, which is like the Shock and F- Fusion where he did the teleport thing and mm-hmm. he microwaved the heck out of them. Wow. Good thing they kept them. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. The... Uh... I mean, we did see some adjustments throughout the season with the Defiant. Obviously, the departure of Jay and Feifei probably threw a big wrench into really the poor ones in the organization, but that has also contributed to the reset. And one of the announcements that uh, was made today is that there is a new uh, head coach coming on board in in KDG, uh, Mm. coming up from from the Fusion, speaking of uh, Philadelphia previously. What are your thoughts on on him coming into Toronto? Is this an organization that's saying we're now all about business and I'm not going to maybe suggest that that wasn't the case before, but uh, you know, when you hit a reset button as they have where most of the players are essentially let go um, right now, logic's been on return. You have a coach come in and generally within esports, the coach has a, an idea of the system that uh, he or she wants to implement. And you would obviously mm-hmm. build the players into that system as opposed to system into the players. Mm-hmm. What do you think this means for the defiant? Okay. Oh, man. So, KDG, big pickup. That's all we're going to say, because you've seen Philadelphia Fusion's record this season, mm-hmm. regular season. 19-2, and two, then he moves on to Defiant. What Defiant is saying is like, okay, we had to increase the performance instead of business. Because, mm-hmm. again, you, you mentioned Defiant this season was like a stage team because they're filled with like community, uh, community-filled... Mem- players, mm-hmm. including the Overwatch League itself, because Surefour was up there on stage, and uh, Agility's Kariv, like, those are the main stars as of Defiant during 2020 season. Since KGD, KDG comes in, we're gonna have a huge performance boost, hopefully. I'm not gonna be 100% optimistic yet about our performance, because we don't even have a roster as of yet. It's only logic so far. It's we're just still waiting for the next round of players that is announcements that's going to be up in our Twitter feed, Discord, and our chat of Overwatch League section. Oh, man, that is going to be a really busy day. And come to, to me, since they made that move, especially KDG's Korean. I'm guessing we're going to go to a mixed Korean Western roster Mm -hmm. because since season one, Defiant actually since stage one of season one, they popped off a lot. They were like 
aren't they number three in stage one? Yeah, I think they are because because of the uh, play styles between NA and Asia. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I don't know if I see this, but they're a little bit different because Asia somehow pops off. That includes Shanghai, Seoul, and yeah. other contender scenes of Asia. While NA does this, like, no offense to NA uh, coaches, they sometimes do predictable strategies that the Asia players are like, you guys did that? We did that last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, KDG should be one of our big pickups this year. Yeah. As of so far, because we don't have our players yet. So I'm actually happy for for Defiant to pick up KDG, the former Philadelphia Fusion coach. And, you know, note to our listeners, it's possible we'll be talking about, you know, other players and acquisitions between, you know, the time you and I are recording and then when we record the the main show on Tuesday. Uh, But uh, I'm actually going to ask you a real tough question here. Uh, I've just learned, and again, I say learned, it's with air quotes. Obelis is going to take a, a, a couple-week vacation, needs to just get away. And you, you've just been made the uh, GM of the team for two weeks. That's all you got, two weeks. Mm. Is there anything you'd look to do in these two weeks as GM of the Toronto Defiant? Like, are there any players you'd look to acquire? Are there any changes you'd look to make? Because you got all mm. the power for two weeks here. That is a really tough question. To me, I would choose my players because if you really want to make KDG's head coaching like pop off, you got to get mm-hmm. the players that you ha- that has high performance, uh, like obviously in game and add some members to the community so you can like connect. And because like what we discussed earlier, community is also important so we can get more fans, get togethers and awareness of the league. Because right now, as of is today, the Overwatch League has been in decline mm-hmm. back then because of COVID and the popularity and other games such as Valorant. Uh, League of Legends is still a big thing. Dota 2, CSGO. But yeah, mostly ever since Valorant stepped in, you see former players like Baby Bay, Corey, uh, Sinatra, the MVP himself, just went moved over to mm-hmm. Valorant. That's why Overwatch League is declining. That's why we need some members of the community and players especially has a strong connection between those two worlds so that we can have increase of um, relationships between yeah. the two, especially towards a supporter clubs like Alpha Flight. Ever since we lost Roki, we were kind of clueless on like uh, finding a mascot now because mm-hmm. Roki again is our mascot for the Defiant who is the best guy again best guy and well-known member of the community and other changes oh man that's all I had to think because I could I've never thought of myself being a GM at all <laughs> that's why it's a very yeah. tough question well you know thinking of players like first of all this season has been surreal with the number of players mm-hmm. that are, are making it to market I mean there's probably a number of factors at play here one Pan- the pandemic has impacted league revenues across the board. And I imagine there's teams that are looking to reevaluate their player contracts. There might still be good contracts to be had, but maybe fewer. Travel probably won't be a thing going into 2021. And then there's the question mark as to when the season would start. So with all the players that are on the market, are there any names out there that you would want to see in that Toronto defiant uh, red and black jersey? Oh boy. That's another tough question. Okay. Here's the thing. Again, I mentioned I only follow Defiant. Mm-hmm. And 
I men- I mentioned also other teams like NYXL Seoul and Shanghai because of their performance and season. Like I have to admit, I'm kind of like a bandwagoner, but I can see their performance as number one and number two, like Shanghai and Seoul. Yeah. yeah but yeah, uh, marketability. Oh dear lord. Like, would you want no. a super? Because super is available, right? Oh, yeah, I really, I wish super. The, but it's very hard to say that in reality because there's no way Shock is going to let him go for that. No way. Well, technically speaking, he's not under contract. Like, this is the thing. Like, this is how surreal it is. He's not under contract. I yeah. mean, you're right. The Shock may bring him back, but. Yeah. But yeah, I want to see super. That's one. Yeah. OG men were defiant. I want to see Ivy back. Okay. Because, but I know Philadelphia Fusion is going to be like, yeah, defiant fan. He wants Ivy back because he performed well. Hey, man, that's true. <laughs> and we want, he's one of your OG defiant members. He's yeah. also a fan favorite as well because they're in Ivy's interaction with Roki as well is just amazing. Especially mm-hmm. they're like close friends since defiant. Uh, okay, that's Ivy. Um, I want. Well, sadly, uh, Sparkle retired. I wish Sparkle was in Defiant, <laughs> but he retired. Uh, that's another one, but that dream is gone because he's gone. Uh, another one should be, if he was still here, Sinatra, <laughs> but but he's in Valorant right now. But yeah, I yeah. wish he was up there. Sinatra is another one. Uh, Rascal, I wish he was part of us because Rascal is another funny duo with Super. Mm-hmm. Because if you guys haven't seen it, they have a lot of compilations between them, each other roasting each other, play of the game. <laughs> and I want to see, I actually want to see EQO and Pakpo in our team because I remember someone mentioned uh, CA Overwatch, shout out to them. When I replied to their post about KDG saying, hey, that's a huge pickup now to wait for a roster. And I think they mentioned saying i wish we can see ikio and Paco, and those are actually two good picks if we mm-hmm. somehow manage to pick them up because Paco and ikio did an amazing job in the fusion especially they have a record of 19 and 2 yeah. so yeah there's a lot of players but those are my top faves right now sure. well again you're you're a gm for two weeks so you have all the power yeah. to make this happen i mean you could give like there's nothing that says you can't call sinatra and say hey come play for the defiant <laughs> you're gonna have so much fun it's gonna be a blast you'll love the game again mm-hmm. worst thing he says is no but at least you could phone call well see your performance over these two weeks for toronto was so phenomenal the league took notice and as you know the overwatch league currently doesn't have a commissioner so guess what they've offered you the job but again you got two mm-hmm. weeks any changes that you would make within the overwatch league all right for a commission you say mm-hmm. commissioner you have been oh. given the big job all right, so what I was about to answer, what I would like is more of teams. Not going to lie. Okay. Because we need more representation. Like, again, U.S. is a really big country. I know we're in Canada right now, but there's a lot of states. And I'm pretty sure those states will have a lot of Overwatch um, players, including the leagues, probably in the contenders as well. They would like it if we add a little bit more teams on the US, especially on Asia, because again, there's contenders, NA, EU, Australia, Asia. So why not add more teams to represent so they can come in the league, knock on the door and say, hey, I'm here. I want to I want to prove myself. So why not add more teams like like on um, Minnesota, like other other states, Minnesota, uh, 
Chicago, <laughs> other states. And in Asia as well, we need to see... I really wanted to see a Jap... Jap uh, ooh, I can speak English. A Japanese uh, Overwatch League team. Mm-hmm. I actually want to see that. Because, yeah. again, mentioning Japan, uh, Tayo. Tayo is the first Japanese Overwatch League player. Especially, he's, he's part of Shock. Mm-hmm. Man. Oh, I forgot to mention that he should have been another markability opportunity for us from the previous question that you mentioned. Yeah, Tayo should have been part of the my list of players to add. But sadly, of course, shock as we know it, keeps stacking the roster like crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, think of like during this past season, um, they already had a stacked roster and a stacked bench, and they're like, oh, Twilight's available. We'll just go and bring in, you know, one of the best support in the league and just yeah. park them on the bench. They can do that since, you know, they're shock. (laughs) I don't know what they do in their management, but dang, their management is popping when it comes to free players in the agency and other people who are looking for teams right now out of contenders. They immediately see their stats and they're like, yeah, good player. Let me get him. It's like buying candy from a baby. Like you say, oh, Twilight's free. Ty is free. Come here. Shock wants you, even though you're going to be in bench for a long time. Just stay here. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's like they're hoarding players. Like the, yeah. the best way to prevent you from beating us is that you're on our team, bench or not. Like, yeah. 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 Um, so more teams in, is, yeah, is what you do. Is there any other change that you'd look to implement as, as Overwatch League Commissioner? Oh, dear. Okay. So. Yeah, again, this is a tough question. Mm-hmm. I won't have the best answers for you guys. I apologize in this podcast. Yeah, more teams. <clears throat> it would have been helpful if I sent you the questions, but, you know, we're a tough <laughs> podcast. What can I say? Oh, man. Why is this so difficult for me? <laughs> well, here, why don't I maybe fl- float some ideas your way? Uh, thoughts on 222. Is that something you'd keep or might you change it? Mm, 222? I would totally keep it. Yeah, okay. I would keep it. Uh, but when it comes to meta changes, especially experimental, like mm-hmm. remember what they did one three two, but everyone didn't like it because there's only one tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would suggest I would change the two 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 meta when an experimental card like a one three two that happened before. Let's say a one two three, <laughs> that'd be insane. Three healers, yeah. two DPS, one tank though. Wow. But yeah, uh, if that ever happens, like a meta change away from 222, yeah, I would go with the change. Mm-hmm. But I need to commission like an experimental card for the pros themselves, especially. Yeah. So they can adapt to the 132, 133, whatever meta that they're going to do in the future of Overwatch, especially Overwatch 2 is probably coming most likely next year because of the next generation consoles that is coming out right now, yeah. uh, right at this moment. Uh, yeah, I would totally keep 222 until further notice. Um, for benching players, okay, I would still keep it, but I would rather give a rule of actually putting them up, play at least one or two matches or sub in because they really need to show potential. Like, what happened mm-hmm. to Chipsoff at first? Well, he beat Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he's he, he's going to retire with a like a hundred percent win rate in the oh, Overwatch man. League, <laughs> having played one map and ninety percent 
bench rate. But yeah, I really want him to, like other players like Chipso who got benched, Taya who got benched, give them a chance to play, see how they play so everyone can look at their screen and say, this is Tayo. Everyone's talking about him. Oh my God, no wonder they picked him. It's because when they picked up Tayo, like uh, mentioned before for Shock, they only put him on the bench. Like just because he's on the bench doesn't mean we see him play. He just sits mm-hmm. there. We need to see those players who are bench play at least once or twice in the season, especially to the guys who got picked up. Like again, Tayo, I'm going to mention a lot of his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be my go-to name for shock every time I say it at this podcast. But yeah, like, <clears throat> yeah, they really need to put up a bench player play at least once or twice for each game day. Yeah. Like, so it can be fair for them. Like yeah. instead of screaming, why not play with the big leagues? If, uh, big leagues in the actual stream so they can see how they perform and they can prove themselves okay i, I like that idea i'm not gonna yeah. lie the you know one of the struggles and i describe the the shock as hoarders is that there are teams who have players who don't play for one reason or another maybe they didn't perform in scrims maybe they don't perform to the meta the week maybe they don't perform against the team like i mean they're i get it not every player is always going to be available but there are so many mm-hmm. players that allegedly are full of potential and we never know anything about them because we're not watching scrims. Yeah. We don't scrim. Uh, We don't scrim with them, obviously, and Mm -hmm. we don't watch them. And we've most likely, especially new people have never seen him play. So why the heck not? Would, why the heck not? Like put them up there so everyone can see how they do prove themselves. And that's how you build up a fan base as well. That's another Mm -hmm. secret. Show a player, connect with the people who like his or her play. And dang. And also, here's another idea for commissioner. Add some female players to the roster. Like, mm-hmm. get some gender diversity. Because at this day and age, gender is, like, a big thing now. Especially, like, it's not just women, LGBTQ communities. That will also increase the community-wise um, um, connections. Like, mm-hmm. heck, I've probably seen a lot of people who are... LGBTQ or mo- or actually LGBTQ in Defiant, which is not a problem because mm-hmm. they're still fans no matter what. And I want to see women playing. Like, look, they have Gegori in Shanghai. She's a female player. She's the only one. We need well, more. I, and I believe no longer under contract. Not yeah. that that's unusual with the rest of the league, but you know, it I, to that point, I, you're right. I think they're it would be nice to see an increase of diversity and equality within the Overwatch League. I understand that from a competitive perspective, there is this argument that while the number of player spots may not equate, but that to me makes no sense because there are some extremely talented, uh, you know, members of of the LGBTQ community. Uh, there are extremely talented, you know, female players. Like, I yeah. think there is opportunity here to scratch. Uh, and to your point, it's something I, I would love to see the Overwatch League do. Yeah, I would really want to see like other genders playing this game. Like, yeah. just because Overwatch is like most likely under like a league with male people doesn't mean it's strictly for men. I want to see other diverse people who can prove themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So because a lot of people who are LGBTQ and uh, women, example, like I hate it. I hate it when they get disgraced just because of their gender. I hate that. That's like sexism right there. Mm-hmm. So to eliminate that and prove themselves, 
bring in some women in LGBTQ so you can break that expectation limit. And heck, what if we, years later, which is going to most likely happen, we're going to get like the first MVP who is a woman or LGBTQ-wise player in Overwatch League history. That would be an amazing feat in gaming history because, you know, not a lot of women are well-known to be like good because the media keeps backfiring them as the worst. I'm like, I hate that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because you always focus on the negative than the positive. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I would do that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it. that's an episode onto itself. When we think about uh, uh, the current state of really the game, whether it be ladder in game or even on the professional side, um, like here at RSP, um, there were some misogynist comments made earlier this season, and there were a couple of Titans players that seemingly, you know, supported those comments. We reacted quite what? strongly to, to this happening. And the problem for us is that that can easily happen. So there needs to be leaders within the community, within the scene that do speak up, that stand out and ultimately say that that's not acceptable. That's I think part one, but you know, subsequent parts are finding uh, the opportunities for for those to um, represent what is currently many underrepresented demographics within the game. Like you have, I mean, I look at I have a, a young daughter. I would love for my daughter, if the Overwatch League's still around when they're playing Overwatch Four, for her to be a league pro. I got no problem. Like if she loves it and she wants to do it, I want her to strive uh, mm-hmm. to do whatever she wants to do. I don't really care what that might be, and that's where to have that happen. What we, I think, as supporters, what we as fans, what the league does now today is laying the building blocks. There is no reason that it can't happen now. It probably should have happened a lot earlier. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So as we, you know, look to, to wrap up uh, the meta here, um, we ask all of our guests uh, the next few questions. Doesn't matter what segment you're part of. Mm. If you weren't playing Overwatch, what game would you be playing? <laughs> Well, like online-wise or anything you say? Any, any any video game, any video game. Huh. Well, Sony fans, God of War. <laughs> it's, yeah, because I'm into God of War. I love that game. Truly a game of the year experience. Yeah, yeah I know some of you guys are probably Xbox fans. You're going to be like, oh, of course he's going to say that. Guys, listen, because it is very good. Like, I'm into single-player games. That's God of War 2018. Best single player game I played in my entire life, next to Assassin's Creed. Uh, yeah, I'm most likely a single player game game person because mm-hmm. playing game single player has this own vibe. Campaign is also nice, and you don't have to deal with the stress with teams and other people yelling at your um, communication just because you're really bad at this hero, like Reinhardt, for example. I main Reinhardt, by the way. Woohoo, Reinhardt mains. But yeah, uh, I would rather play single player games on my end because, yeah, again, uh, they soothe you, they stretch the leaf. Yeah, no focus at all at the online world. <clears throat> so, the follow up question to this, we might already have the answer. Mm. What is your favorite game of all time? Is it God of War? Or is there another, now we're talking about like from the moment you picked up a controller, a keyboard or mouse. Mm, Favorite game of all time. Oh my goodness. All time for me. Well, for number one, no brainer, God of War. Mm -hmm. Number two, 
Ghost of Tsushima. I'm been playing it with my friends a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my friends who've been with me for a while. Sorry for the people who never played with me and Ghost because we already built our team before the update came out. <laughs> Number three is the Assassin's Creed series, but specifically okay. that my third favorite number three spot is assassin's creed brotherhood uh number four is overwatch because Mm -hmm. ever since the changes came in and how repetitive overwatch got it it got lower in my list because we're still waiting for overwatch 2 we're we're all waiting for it but no doubt they're gonna release it again i mentioned this before they're gonna release it on the next gen console and years so it's gonna come out next year guarantee because there's no way in heck blizzard will keep it longer away from us well, I was hoping it would come out this year. I have a bet with Sam um, because I thought that they would launch it with the next gen consoles. Um, it's not, I can't imagine it coming out this year. The, there's no way uh, Blizzard could keep something like that under wraps. So I'm going to lose the bet with Sam, but I, I agree. I think we're going to see it next year. There's no way yeah. they could hold it out any longer, yeah, especially the state of the game. Yeah, no way in heck that Overwatch is coming out, especially later this year, because the consoles come out to players' hands and customers is going to be November 12th for NA. Mm-hmm. And for everyone, rest of the world is 18th or 19th. Yeah, for PS5. For Xbox, I'm not sure because I'm a PS5. Like I'm a Same. Sony. <laughs> because Sony has made a lot of impact in my life, especially like God of War, Last of Us, uh, every exclusive. That's how I got attached with them. Their exclusives are top-notch for the past couple of years. But now since Xbox has Bethesda, to me, they Xbox still needs to keep up with Sony because they still have the best exclusives and companies mm-hmm. with them by far. Uh yeah, but yeah, and mentioning PS5 and Xbox Series X, yeah, Blizzard clearly doesn't have the tech to look over yet to adapt with the graphics and the sound and the play style the buttery smoothness of console for Overwatch 2 yet. That's why they kept it away longer because I'm pretty sure Sony and and Microsoft haven't sent them the specs yet as of today for everyone to know what to exactly what to do for the developers to Mm -hmm. adapt with. So that's why they're holding it off. And plus COVID is making it impossible. Never, never, never forget mentioning COVID because COVID made the developing for each game hard and uh slow so yeah. i don't blame them for that <clears throat> well it's it's a good list regardless of the fact that uh, you've mm-hmm. got uh, overwatch still on it because there are some out there that i mean let's still listen to the podcast where overwatch doesn't even hit the top five just with the mm-hmm. the way the game is right now um as we again look to, to wrap up this episode uh, or this episode sorry this segment it's it's mm-hmm. surreal because we're recording this obviously a separate day um we're obviously talking to Mario here as we let off the top. Uh, you can find him on to find Discord Super Mario 98. Uh, where else might uh, people be able to find you if they want to give you plaudits for uh, for your segment or possibly, you know, call you out for, you know, telling people that Sony's better than Microsoft? <laughs> okay, so if you want to argue with me, go ahead, find my Twitter handle at Super Mario 98 on Twitter. And I have my Instagram account, uh, which is filled with in-game screenshots, my personal life. I combined them into one account. I don't have time to make a second account yet. Maybe I have a second account probably next year. But my handle for Instagram is mario.salvador98. That's my real name, not my full real name. So <laughs> you're going to see my full real name on Twitter anyway. And 
yeah, the Discord, I'm still there. So you won't miss my name. And especially I have a special title under Defiant Discord. You won't, you will, you will know what it is. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm going to be in Blizzard PSN. Those details will come in my other profile. So I don't need cool. to mention this. <laughs> well, yeah. thanks again for, for being our guinea pig, joining us for the first uh, segment of the meta, our fan-focused uh, segment that you're going to hear on this podcast over the course of the off-season. Uh, thank you again. We are going to take ourselves a short break before we dive into the fray. When I hit record with Mario, and actually before I, I did that, I'm like, yeah, we'll probably talk for about 20, 30 minutes, 45, 50 minutes later. I mean, he's, it's such a, a, a an interesting conversation that, that I had with him and, and how much energy he's got. Like, you know, you think about his, his journey in the first season of the Toronto Defiant season two, he wasn't all that invested and then goes to a few events and like blammo this guy's all in and the passion is there i genuinely wonder how many other people out there are like mario where you have this sort of ignition um and then you know compare it to where you know a team like the vancouver titans have existed where that spark has, has outright disappeared so i think if teams listen and i know they do i think mario is telling you the juice you need to know to really activate with your fans and, and, and drive home how important it is to not only connect with them, but drive the community forward. Yeah. Tough act to, to follow for the following uh, participant. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Mario said the, the bar, I mean, he was the Guinea pig, as we talked about the, the premier guest in the, the meta. And, and we plan on running this segment, uh, you know, throughout the off season, but let's get us into the fray. As we let off the top, there were so many, more changes well actually not that many but i wanted to run with that theme so let's rapid fire go through the cuts and i use cuts loosely some cases the player and team mutually parted ways some was team focused and others might have just been player we'll start off in philadelphia where kdg as we've already heard left philadelphia he's now going to be coaching in toronto uh, they also announced that the boombox and oh my goodness chipsa has been released chipsa he is going to finish his Overwatch League career with a winning percentage of 100%. The GOAT. Yeah, I mean, put him in the Hall of Fame if they happen. I mean, that's a franchise player right there, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, it, it's something I've learned as a Vancouver Canucks fan. If you acquire the players that beat you, sometimes it works out. So maybe the Titans <laughs> need to give him a call. Uh, Washington has cut Roar, but uh, had also made... Uh, uh, some changes. You've got uh, the Excelsior cutting Nene, uh, Huaru, Hotbot, Bianca. They officially shared Hoxel's gone, but we already knew that. Uh, Paris cut Smex, Fielder, No Smite, Abe, Levi, 9K. Um, San Francisco Shock cut Rascal. The Shanghai Dragons cut Dia, Giggory, Ding, Diem, and Luffy. Now, there have been signings and acquisitions. The first one 
are the Dallas Fuel, who last week were the Dallas Dohas. They now are building a team. Uh, they acquired through a trade with Paris, Sparkle and Handin, and they signed Rush as their head coach previously of the, the Paris Eternal. They've also gone on to sign Fielder and Repel. So from Dallas Dohus, they became the Dallas Eternal almost. Well, and Halo, who has decided to show back up in the Overwatch League scene after a self-imposed uh, isolation due to getting uh, one of his leaks incorrect, uh, was the first to go and suggest that that's taking place. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Who do you think talks to Halo? Mm, it's unclear. Halo's I bet wife? some of the players. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hope. Well, no, and I, I keep I, that I, bubble tight, right? I genuinely wonder because there there is probably no singular source of sources yeah. say in the Overwatch League scene that consistently has juice across the entire league. Multiple there are sources. Yeah, there's like a number of different outlets that have juice. And I'm not going to suggest there's only him. It's just that he gets a lot of the juice. Now, as we've learned, some of that juice has gone bad. It's not all good juice. But I would argue that a lot of the juice he gets okay. is, is bang on. So I'm genuinely curious who he gets to talk to and why don't they talk to us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always for it. I, I take uh, bad juice over no juice any day. <laughs> you just you just need that juice you're a thirsty guy so so what you're saying you, they can throw the clamato our way and we'll be okay with that hey the clamato is great how you feel so, about beet juice oh, oh you know what i made the mistake of having that once <laughs> yeah don't forget about it uh after uh consuming a lot lots of beets and then going to the bathroom and then okay, that's uh, not all the, the causes for, for how you're going to die in the next uh, month. I was wondering if you'd go there. <laughs> not that type of podcast. Man, I, was, I was scared for that one day. Ooh, back on track. Uh, the Philadelphia Fusion signed uh, 9K, who was previously the GM in Paris. There is now the head coach there because KDG is no longer there. The Hangzhou Spark officially signed Shy. Uh, Washington signed Mag as well as re-signed Decay, which is interesting because Decay only signed with them for a like what two-week dealio, and now he is staying around. Uh, Houston signed Dante, and then uh, Gladiators uh, they signed Tidola as uh, an assistant coach. And there might have been more moves that might have occurred late. I never even thought to check before we hit record, um, but we're now at least starting to see more signings. Which is good because there was, I think, some worry, if we think about it, last week where all these players and coaches are just being announced as gone. But then as we shared, like it's important to look at the calendar and how the Overwatch League calendar works. The actual signings could not take place from a free agency perspective until free agency opened. You could only re-sign players who you already had the rights to, or players who had no rights within the league. But now it's wide open, except for the 2019 options that weren't exercised and the contracts then, because they have some weird date messed up. Who knows? It's the Overwatch League. Can we have a moment of silence uh, to the legendary stage two, uh, season two, stage three winning squad for Shanghai? When they triple DPS, they're all, all over uh, the San Francisco Shock Goats. Well, and they also triple DPS their way all over the uh, Vancouver Titans Goats, who then nah, tried to that... DPS and then Goats did again. <laughs> well, 
I didn't want to bring that up, but okay. Yeah, I get that Shanghai is making the adjustments they are. And one of the things they had shared in the announcement is that they had players that were on essentially a bench, um, scrimming, but weren't finding their way into the main roster. I think it was a combination of the team wanting to shrink the size of the roster they had, but also players themselves wanting an opportunity to play. Yeah. So I asked to who would that all would work out to be. I don't know, but I mean, Shanghai was a team with a big roster and I would, again, back to our earlier point, point out teams with big rosters are going to be shrinking. It's just the way of the league or seen as the Mandalorian will be back. This is the way. So Sam, are, how uh, confident are you on your Dallas take? So, so for those of you that don't hang out with us at RSP Cord, well, first of all, why not just hop on in and talk trash to each other in a very kind way? It's the kindest Discord channel you'll find out there. Um, but secondly, my take was that Dallas are not really going to improve in the standings next year. So, so I, I think the general news around Dallas is they're feeling pretty good about themselves, right? Field fans have redeemed themselves. They've moved on from decay. Um, and they've moved on from, you know, paintbrush and note and crimson and other players. I can't remember now, AKM or whatnot. Um, but in my opinion, like they've inherited half the Paris roster, a very good roster. Um, but it's only half the roster. And I, I think like my, my kind of, feeling is that there are going to be a lot of very tight, small knit teams. Um, a lot of these formerly bench players are going to go get some playing time and you're going to realize, Hey, like DM is really good at this overwatch game. Hey, why didn't we see him last year? Um, and, and all sorts of like other people um, that, that are going to get opportunities as well as a whole bunch of contenders guys like Meg, uh, which I think, I think I'm not, you know, surprising anybody because you know, a lot of, runaway fans listen to our podcast um mag's gonna be really really good for them um so so there's gonna be a mix of people so so when when you inherit an internal half an internal roster that you know did pretty well um but like to be honest like are the dallas field today better than the paris eternal in totality were last year i don't think so i think fd god was really really good i think xe was probably you know front to end their best player overall Mm -hmm. um so like are they better than the paris eternal last year who probably ultimately what they finished seventh this year eighth this year um i think higher than that i i don't know i i I honestly don't remember it's been it's been a forever season so so like my take is that you know right now because dallas is the only one signing players i mean like you know kudos to them they signed some stars i'm not knocking sparkle fielder um or uh, who am I missing? Handin, uh Rappel, all those guys. Like I'm sure they're good players, but I think a lot of teams that are trying to contend are going to have good rosters. Um, so, you know, right now they've gone on the early train, so they've got that early season hype. Um, but I think when everything kind of falls into place, they're going to have an average to above average could surprise you roster. So... Compared to what it was um, in the previous years, it is a massive improvement, at least. Uh, they finished fourth, by the way, the Eternal. And I, I don't think uh, the Dallas are going to finish fourth either. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to reserve my judgment to the, you know, <laughs> until I see the well, final roster. Well, if, if if it's later, then it's not a hot take, right? So so I got to get yeah. them out now when they're about to crown the right, field, the right. champions for next year. Well, 
keep in mind, it would be an extremely hot take if you were to go and say that right now. One, not knowing the rosters of any other team. Two, completely unsure as to what game (laughs) engine the Overwatch League will play on. (laughs) There are rumors that we might not see the league return until the spring so that it can be in line with the launch of Overwatch 2. So this would be a phenomenal hot take. I, I would simply you know, give up the podcast. It'll be, you know, ready, set, Sam. And, uh, you just spout hot takes if this were to come to fruition. Time will tell. And I'm ready for the backlash as well. Bring it on. There's going to be more, more news and players uh, moving, being signed, released, what have you. It's going to all happen on Wednesday and we will come back again next week with the subsequent week's changes But obviously, if it pertains to the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant, you'll obviously get it first from us, both in RSP Cord as well as through social. Let's talk a little bit about the game here. Last week, an experimental card shows up with some changes. Now, the changes had some adjustment to health by, uh, by, you know, 25 HP to a, a number of players, Brigida, McCree, both got a little bit of a bump, Symmetra and, uh, uh, got one widow actually got a little bit of a nerf. Uh, some interesting adjustments that occurred. One was to Baptiste with regards to his, uh, primary and secondary fire rates. He saw a change in his window. He went from an old CRT TV to a nice new 4k HD TV. Uh, with his uh, amp matrix, uh, McCree saw reload time shrink and may now, okay. Cryo freeze. This is something that I never realized was a, a problem that I was suffering from, but you ever gone into cryo freeze, essentially block. And then you're like, crap, I have no ammo. So you can't engage when you jump out. Well, now you restore, she'll restore ammo in this. And then the cooldown over wall has been lowered, which I don't quite understand. Again, all experimental doesn't mean it's going to be put in the game. The experimental card showed up on October 22nd. The next day, a PTR patch showed up. Baptiste's television upgrade is part of it. So that leads me to believe we're going to see a much larger window for the Ant Matrix, which I think makes sense. Like, I remember the days of having my Reinhardt shield where it was like the size of a small square and like everyone would like huddle in, sort of colliding with each other behind it. Once it got bigger, it was more practical. I think App Matrix makes sense. It's about the same size of a, a Rhine Shield. But the other one is on Lucio and his wall ride. So previously with Lucio, if, again, for those Lucio mains out there, if you wanted to wall ride, you had to have a double jump. Um, that's no longer going to be a requirement. Um, you can actually adjust it, uh, but you can also uh, wall ride and um crouch you won't actually stop it if you're not using them so there's like adjustments to how you can play them i think for me if i have lucio it just makes it easier for me this is a chris ptr patch oh and then one additional thing that's uh happening in uh, i think it's the experimental is experimental maybe it was the ptr the workshop is getting quality life upgrades to set minimum uh, ping so essentially uh if you're running like a competitive event of some sort you can define the ping at which players must meet to allow them to join. If they're too high, they can't take part. So maybe the Titans knew about this and that's why they had to let go of KSA. (laughs) He's not going to be able to play anymore. Yeah. yeah, Won't meet minimum ping. Yeah. Good point. Doesn't bold well for shockwave then. (laughs) 
Uh, it doesn't well, seem to like have bothered him in the slightest, though. I don't know if you saw it, but Shockwave um, tweeted out a, a he got a Logitech G mouse of some sort, a nice yellow colored mouse. Uh, another player from that formerly played on the uh, Hurricane also sh- tweeted out an image of the mouse. They had like identical tweets, so mm-hmm. that marketing campaign uh, is interesting. But uh, that he's tweeting out the same thing about something that another competitive Overwatch League player who plays in the EU is sharing has people now saying, oh my goodness, the future... What does it mean? (laughs) You know, Illuminati confirmed. Yeah. It's it's everyone, you know, in the room with all the pictures on the wall and like the yarn and twine and string going in all different directions. That's totally what's happening here. And one last thing. It appears I might be losing this bet. Um, I, I still hold out hope Overwatch 2 can launch before the end of <laughs> no the year. But what that will mean, and I just want to make it very clear, the terms were, if I lose this bet, we have to talk about basketball on an episode. It'll be an entire episode of basketball, which I'm not looking forward to. It has nothing to do with me dressing up wearing <laughs> lace as Sam was trying to change the terms on uh, through social media. I mean, what do the people want, though? Yeah. They do not want to see me in lace. I can assure you. In fact, if there were any new listeners that we had up until this moment, they're now piecing out on our podcast for fear that somehow they'll be forced to see Light Force and Lace. I'm not Lace Force. Trust me. My wife does not want to see that. <laughs> I mean, it's a long off season. We got to do something. (laughs) Yeah, that's not it. Oh, but here we are at the end of a pretty lengthy episode. We had uh, one news coming out of Toronto. We had Mario join us talking to us about uh, his experience as a fan of the Toronto Defiant in our first ever segment, the Meta. And then all the changes that obviously we just discussed in the fray. There will be more next week. And as a reminder, after next week's episode is Extra Life Game Day on November 7th. So please, you know, talk to us about it. We want you to take part. Um, we're looking to raise money for Children's American Network Hospitals, myself specifically, the BC Children's Hospital Foundation, Omni. I think you're taking part, Sam. You might be. I haven't quite got you to pin down, but I know there's a few others in RSP Cord. It's a great campaign. It's year long. So if you can't make it out to Game Day, do not worry. We can uh, maybe have some other Extra Life event uh, leading up to the end of the calendar year. Um, but Please, please check it out. And to learn more about Team RSP, it's bit.ly slash RSP Extra Life 2020. We also talked a little bit at the top about leaving us a review. Please, if you can, let us know how our podcast is. If it's a good review, we read it. If it's a bad review, we read it. I don't know if Sam will, you know, do acrostic poetry or anything like that. But uh, there are always things that we want to do to recognize those that let us know how we're doing. And again, what we can do to make that happen. Maybe if you have an idea, drop it in a review. We've talked about RSP Court a lot. You should be in RSP Discord. If you're not, go to discord.io slash readysetpone. Right now, the topic that seems to be talked about nonstop has everything to do with new GPUs. Um, I had to create a darn channel just to get that conversation out of general chat. So you can talk in, uh, about uh, the new PC you're building or any questions you might have in Torb's workshop. Uh, but that is 
obviously the hot topic, and that's more to do with the fact that the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans haven't been up to a whole lot. But again, we talk about the Overwatch League and Overwatch, other games uh, as they, they happen. And uh, yeah, here we are at the end of a pretty solid episode. So as I, I do each episode, uh, gentlemen, what uh, final words of wisdom uh, do you have to impart? I have seasonal words. And uh, yes, I can see that leaves are falling, but we're not calling summer heat or winter rain, are we? Please use the word autumn. It's a great word. Autumn. Yeah. I can't even say that word. (laughs) Too Canadian. (laughs) Too distracted by the leaves falling? Yes. (laughs) As for me, uh, when I grow up, I want to be Super Mario. <laughs> oh, you've been sitting on that probably since I shared that uh, he was joining us, haven't you? Yeah, it was like a month ago. <laughs> uh, Mario, that was Sam. Remember, as I said, known Toronto hater. You can obviously send hate mail his way. Uh, final words for what? <laughs> Final words from me. Uh, If you are enjoying the Halloween weekend, please stay safe. Obviously, it's a completely different Halloween than we're accustomed to. But if anyone's getting out there too late, you know, pyrotechnics, do it in a safe fashion. If you are hanging out with friends or family, keep it small. Wear those masks. Us in BC, we're told to get no larger than our safe six. And even then, depending on the space that we're in, is to reconsider. Um, the last thing I would want is for anyone to to fall ill or anyone that they know to fall ill. And uh, if there's a way that, you know, y'all can stay safe, you know, please, please do so. But on behalf of Sam, at another Sam, a Chan, Omni, at Omni, Strike myself, Chris, at Life Force. We've reached the end of a long episode, so I'll just leave you with this. Catchphrase! Thank you.